Can the garbage man really do all the things you said? Oh, the garbage man can, Marge. The garbage man can. Who can take your trash out? Stomp it down for you. Shake the plastic bag and do the twisty thingy too. The garbage man! Oh, the garbage man can! Welcome to the Philip K. Dick Book Club slash podcast. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, in this episode, we'll be looking at Rug. Rug was written in 1951. It was published two years later um, in the February 1953 issue of Fantasy and Science Fiction. Um, since I'm going through these works in publication order, this is this is like episode nine. Um, and if you were to go through these in the order of writing, which is the order in the collected works, at least that's what they say um, the order is, Rug is actually the second story. It's the first story he sold, but uh, I guess just due to the vagrancies of publication, this was the first he sell he got, but it didn't show up in print until until he had already published several other stories. Um, so this is uh, probably a bit later um, than it, it should be, perhaps, in, in the podcast, but I'm going to strictly go by order of publication as much as I can, with the exception of that first episode, uh, which, of course, rightfully should have been last, but um, I, I thought it was a good one to start with. Anyways, um, most of what Dick published in his early career, he did through, as, as you know, through the science fiction pulp magazines, such as this one, uh, such as fantasy and science fiction. Unlike most of his stories, we have significant commentary by Dick himself on this story, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, the collected works did give kind of author's notes, but since uh, th these were published after Dick died, he wasn't able to go through and give notes on each, each story. The notes we get are from uh, short story collections that were published during his lifetime, which weren't complete, um, and sometimes from letters or other commentary he gave on stories in other, in other media. Um, but this one we have a significant written about because it was his first sale and it, it meant a lot to him, and he actually had a lot to say about it. It's a very short tale coming in at around five pages, so this probably won't be a very long episode either. But it has a lot of, that we can talk about, so um, it, it won't be as long as some of the other episodes, but it, it will be, you know, we'll, we'll have some stuff to say about here. Um, but first, let's get into the story summary itself for those who have not read it. And I'm just going to take this summary from my my blog, which um, where, I, where I wrote summaries of some of these stories already. So I'm just going to kind of read it from my uh, blog, The Philip Kiddick Review. Um, anyways, uh as the story opens, the dog, later identified as Boris, is watching a rug come in at, into the house, of the house. The name rug is the same name as the sound that Boris barks when he sees the creatures invade his yard. Boris is owned by the Cardosi family, and they are enjoying their breakfast routine. They are a regular middle class or working class family living in the suburbs, living in a Levittown. This is a setting for a lot of Dick stories. Um, throughout his, his life. Now, the rug that he's barking about appears to have been the paper boy. Around 11 o'clock, Boris notices two rugs sitting at the fence talking about Boris, who they refer to as a guardian, 
Speaking directly to Boris, they demand that he allows them to take the offering provided by the Cardosi family. The Rugs proceed to use a map to study the neighborhood and state a frustration at the large number of guardians in the neighborhood. That evening, Mr. and Mrs. Cardozzi discuss Boris's temper and tendency to bark furiously at other people, especially the garbage men who come on Friday mornings. On Friday morning, Rook, uh, the, uh, Boris watches the Rooks come again. Boris begins barking violently, disturbing Mr. Cardosi. The Rooks dump the contents of the offering urn, the quote-unquote offering urn, which is how either the Rook or Boris see them, sees it, which is essentially the garbage can, dumps it on the ground, and then begins sifting through it. One of the Rooks eats an eggshell. Uh, Boris barks, stop the Rook's suspicious gaze at a shaded window. Boris, defeated in his attempt to stop the Rooks, watches them leave with the offering wrapped up in a blanket. So that's the story. That's all it is. It's, it's really, like I said, it's really short. What Dick seemed to think this story was about was how different people embrace different perspectives on things and how none of us really see the world in quite the same way. And this is from his, this is from 1978. And I don't know the context it was written in. Perhaps it was a letter or a correspondence of some sort, or maybe it was part of a nonfiction writing. But here's what it writes. Here's what he wrote. So here in primitive form is the basis of much of my 27 years of professional writing. The attempt to get into another person's head or another creature's head and see it from his eyes or its eyes and the more different that person is from the rest of us, the better. You start with a sentimental entity, sorry, you start with a sentient entity and work outward, inferring its world. Obviously, you can't ever know what its world is like, but I think you can make a pretty good guess. I began to develop the idea that each creature lives in a world somewhat different from all other creatures in their worlds. I still think this is true. To Snooper, which I think was his dog, garbage men were sinister and horrible. I think he literally saw them differently than we humans did. Okay, so that's the point. So this, the, if you take this reading, it's 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 not even really a science fiction story. It's just a dog who doesn't see these human garbage men the way we do. It doesn't even see their actions. We'll try to break down, you know, what these garbage men, what these rug do, and and what makes sense and what you know doesn't doesn't quite make sense in a little bit. Now, personally, I think we can go beyond what Dick says here, and I'm going to take liberties in going beyond Dick's own commentary on this. One interpretation we could give is that we have an inability, especially in the little boxes of suburban life, to perceive the threats in our world. Um, now, the rule could be anything. They could be the Soviets. They could be the surveillance state. They could be capitalism. They could be, um, you know, Dick wasn't a racist, but if he was, you know, it could be, you know, immigrants or some external force coming into the town. Of course, in the 1950s, you have the beginning of, of the urban crisis, which involved white people in suburbs fighting against uh, the migration of black people into their towns. Now, certainly, like I just said, I don't think Dick has uh, really any racist tendencies at all. Um, certainly, he has anti-racist themes in his, in his work. Um, but, you know, depending on how you want to broaden this and put yourself in the head of these suburban types, these threats could be any host of things, right? especially in the, in the 50s, in the Cold War era. But it's the inability of people in these little boxes, right, to, to perceive the threats of our world. The dog who can see the threats shouts its warning. However, the Cordoses, Cardoses simply are unable to see anything or notice anything. For them, the arrival of the garbage men is just the typical everyday thing that happens. It's nothing new, nothing special. It's just 
daily life. Each week, men will come and take their garbage or will deliver their mail or, or serve them coffee at a diner or fill their gas tanks or check them out at the, at the lines. How many of these people that you interact with every day do you notice? Do you, do you, can you recall back and say, yeah, I remember what that waiter looked like or I remember what that checkout person looked like? We usually don't. These people just pass through our lives. And, and when I was thinking about this, I, I always thought of that, you know, that scene in Fight Club where, you know, Tyler Durden tells this rich man you know don't f with us because you know we are all around you we surround you um so that's a bit there these cardoses they they are not required to know who these people are they're not required to even notice them uh their relationship with them is strictly commercial uh with the garbage men it's it's not even a direct commercial relationship it's through taxes of course right so but that's that kind of an anonymity that kind of um ever present but never quite identified and engaged with force is what makes them a potential threat. Now if we look at it this way the statements of some of the characters such as Mr. Cardosi can be chilling. At one point he says that dog gotta stop making all that noise barking the neighbor's gonna complain to the police again. Now in another context we could hear Jimmy's gotta stop asking strange questions his teacher's gonna report him to the psychiatrist or would you please stop complaining about capitalism you want to lose your job? Or on and on, right? Any complainer, anyone who not acknowledging the threats or the dangers or corruptions or, or evil is a troublemaker and should be silenced. Not because they're wrong, not because there's not an intrinsic value in pointing out evil. It's just the becoming aware of that causes too much trouble. It, causes, it disrupts things, right? In this case, that's represented in the, the voice of the dog. Certainly, Dick had a feeling here that there was a deep mental illness in the dog and a mental illness among dogs. Dogs are tormented by the regular arrival of strange people, of course. Um, and that regular arrival of strange people is perhaps what causes a bit of a delusion and drives these dogs insane. In fact, that's partially what Dick says in his notes on this story. You know, after the passage I just read, he kind of goes on in more detail about this. He says, we're not dealing just with a dog and a dog's view of garbage men, but a crazy dog, one who's been driven crazy by these weekly raids on the garbage can. The dog has reached a point of desperation. I wanted to convey that. In fact, that was the whole point of the story. The dog had run out of options and was demented by this weekly event. And the Rugs knew it. They enjoyed it. They taunted the dog. They pandered to his lunacy. So there's actually another level there. If it's just an insane dog and the garbage men, but then you have the garbage men taunting the dog. For being insane, do garbage men realize that they're driving these dogs insane and take some relish in it? Um, it's kind of fun to think about. Now, perhaps the hardest thing for people to justify in this description of the Rue is, or in this in the story, is the description of the Rue. Uh, no one, critics would say, would fail to see, you know, such people coming to their house every day if they're described and they did the things they do in the story. It's just too bizarre. Um, now, of this, I'm not sure. I, I think we often blind our eyes. We're blinkered to many weird behaviors all the time. In fact, weird behaviors might lead us to want to close our eyes to, to what we see. We as a species, at least in this world, if not by biological habit, um, probably more because of the world we live in, tend to avert our eyes to the vast majority of what's going on in the world. We simply would have sensory overload if we were aware of it all. Empathy overload, perhaps, or... Um, 
You know, if we just knew the amount of suffering in the world, right? We'd just have empty overlords. So we, we almost have to blinker ourselves a little bit or we would go nuts. Um, anyways, here's a description of the Rug. I, I listed five characteristics of the Rug that we get uh, from the story. One is their heads wobble on their necks, like a bobblehead. They're described kind of like a bobblehead. I don't know if they had bobbleheads in the 50s, but that's, that's what's, how it's described here. Wobbles. New too. They smell bad, or they smell bad. Uh, quote the stinky, rotten order, the sickly, rotten order of the rugs. Not stinky, sicky, sickly, sickly, rotten order of rugs. So they smell. They smell sickly, not just smell like garbage. They smell sickly. Now I don't know if dogs perceive garbage as sickly, but there's that. Two. They speak in some language understood by the dogs. The dog knows he's being addressed as the guardian, um, and the dog seems to understand their speak which is a bit weird. Four, they eat eggshells and other pieces of garbage. And five, they carry the garbage, the offering out to their truck in a, or away in a blanket. Now of these, some is explicable, explainable as just the normal workings of garbage men. Um, you know, perhaps um, They, they, they do some, might, might smell after a long day, you know, hauling garbage. Um, that's probably the easiest to maybe justify. Now, as the Cardozi seem to confirm, it is garbage day. So you're expecting garbage men. The, or the human reader is expecting garbage men. Uh, they never come to witness it, though. So they never, like, peek their eyes out and see, oh, there really are garbage men there. The only witness to the events is, is Boris. They rely on their dog to confirm that the garbage man comes. And I grew up in a house with dogs, so I know this. Like, you know the, you know the postman comes because the dog barked at a certain time, right? It's not, you didn't hear it necessarily, you didn't see it, and, you know, and you go and you, 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 you know, it could have been someone else, but you assume it's the postman because mail suddenly appeared. Uh, now, this may seem trite to us, but this is a kind of phenomenon that Dick was very interested in throughout his career. Anyways, um... They rely on their dog to confirm the garbage man comes. Yes, they, the garbage men spill garbage. Okay, um, that happens, I'm sure, from time to time. Um, and then maybe that's all that happened. They spilled garbage, they picked it up, the dog, you know, misinterpreted him eating, I don't know, some a, a chips from a bag or something as eating an eggshell. I don't know. Um, but maybe there's an explanation for that. Um, but spilling garbage is not out of the ordinary. It'd be accidental, I would presume, but it happens. They make talk to dogs, and again, I, I think this is probably true, that the garbage men might talk to dogs that they see every week or every few days. And they probably do smell bad after a long day of hauling garbage, right? But as far as I know, they don't carry garbage out in blankets or regularly eat garbage that falls on the ground. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe in the 1950s, they did dump garbage in blankets and carry it out to the truck. I, I don't know. And they, But I'm pretty sure they don't have bobbleheads. So... These are aspects of the story that are meant to be ambiguous. Dick put them in to cause this ambiguity. Are the Rooks aliens, essentially, is what we're supposed to wonder about. Now, at the end of the day, we're talking about a story that rests on a conflict between the perception of, of, the, of, of your world and my own. Right? By using a dog, Dick is able to give us an extreme example of this tension of this conflict. All right, so that does it. Those are my thoughts on, on Rook. For me, the theme of the story is the invisibility of oppression and subjectivity. 
Um, so that does it uh, for Rube, Dick's first sale. Not his first published work, but his first sale. Uh, and then next episode will be continuing on in, with, his, with his short stories. I'm not sure which is next. I have to look up the order of the rough order of, of publication. But um, um, stay tuned for it. It'll be great. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Please rate, subscribe, share it. Um, let other people know about this resource for Philip K. Dick fans. Um, and if there's any Philip Dick fans who want to join me um, on a story, um, please contact me. You can write me at 100pagescast at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this, uh, please also listen to my 100 Pages cast, which is on the same channel. It's the same. You can just subscribe to get both uh, for the price of one. Uh, they're free, but um, you know, for the same click, you get both podcasts where I look at American writers more broadly, um, reading about 100 pages in each episode. So um, thank you so much for listening. And with that, I will sign off. Um, Who can take the diaper? I don't mind at all. Who can clean me up before the big policeman's ball? The garbage man! Yes, the garbage man can! The sanitation folks are jolly friendly blokes. Courteous and easy going. Them up when you're overflowing.